Welcome to the Illinois Soy Podcast. Enjoy. On this Ilsoy Advisor podcast episode, we're talking about the wet weather experienced by many in the Midwest this spring. Our guest today is soybean agronomist Dan Davidson, farmer and CCA from Nebraska. Davidson advises growers across the Midwest on best management practices and is a contributing writer dispensing timely agronomic and crop production advice for many news outlets, including Ilsoy Advisor. Davidson holds a doctorate degree in agronomy from the Washington State University. Well, welcome to the show, Dan. It's good to have you here today. Well, thank you, Jill. It's glad to be here to talk about soybeans, weather, and the impact of all this rain. Yeah, a lot of growers across the country um, and Illinois have been experiencing that unusually wet weather. And I know that you've seen a lot of really severe flooding out there in Nebraska and Kansas. Um, We haven't quite seen that here in Illinois, but it still kept farmers out of the fields and tractors from rolling. I think the latest numbers from the USDA on May 6th showed that only 3% of soybeans are in the ground in Illinois compared to 26% this time last year. So I think it's definitely having an impact, but what do you think are the biggest impacts um, of this wet weather and delayed planting will be in Illinois? Uh, it's very easy to pick the number one item, and that's yield. It is going to impact yield once all of this crop gets planted. We just have less time. You know, growing corn and soybeans is all about harvesting sunlight. And we've already lost several important weeks of sunlight this year because the crop hasn't gotten the ground. And uh, so less yield. That means less income at the end of the season. So that's the most biggest impact. Yeah. I, I think a lot of our listeners grow both corn and soybeans. Um, which crop do you believe uh, will be impacted the most yield-wise? Well, when it get to this point in time, you know, May 10th, that's kind of a, a key date for corn. And then after May 10th, yield starts to drop. And when planting after May 10th, yield starts to drop. Corn will be more impacted. Uh, not much you can do about it at this point. Uh, just get the seed in the ground. Hope you have a good season. You manage all the variables, and you and you have a, a good season to get the crop to maturity before hard frost. But with soybeans, there are some other options. There are some things you can do to sort of sort of compensate for late planting. Yeah. What are those What are those best strategies for corn growers moving forward? With corn, the best strategy is to keep with the same maturity. You know, after May 10th, we start losing a bushel yield per day. So by May 20th, you've given up theoretically 10 bushels. By May 25th, you've given up 15 bushels. But it doesn't really pay to change maturity. You want to stay with the same maturity you have. Uh, the yield benefits of planting your keep, of maintaining your full season high grads offset any losses that might come with planting a shorter season hybrid at this stage. So stay with the full season hybrid that you already have, put it in the soil, and manage that crop and minimize any stresses that you can. Now, when you get out towards the last week of May, and if you still want to put corn in the ground, now you can start to think about shortening up maturity, maybe four to seven days, so you get it to mature before the first hard frost is full. When it comes to population on corn, uh, different from soybeans, really you should change that. Uh, Upping the population on corn 
is just going to create more competition, and it won't and it won't benefit you and yield at the end of the season. So, the summary is with corn. Make sure you plant it in good soil conditions so you get good germination. Remember, the seed will germinate very quickly now. Mm-hmm. And keep it the same maturity until the end of May. And if you want to plant corn, maybe shorten it up by a week in relative maturity. Now for, for our soybean growers that are listening, what are their best strategies moving forward? Well, soybeans, you have two strategies. I mean, you could consider changing maturity maturity group of your soybeans, or you could change the population of your row. Uh, but really, like, the soybeans, at this stage, if soybean planting is delayed until the 1st of June or even the June 15th, you really do not have to change the maturity at all. We know that farmers in Illinois that double crop soybeans, the best maturity for double cropping soybeans is the same maturity for this whole season beans. So you don't have to switch up maturity. Just maintain that common full-season maturity range that you use today, even when you're planning later. But if you get in the northern half of Illinois, uh, particularly north of Interstate 80, and you start getting out past June 15th, now you may want to consider reducing maturity about one-half unit to get those soybeans to mature before the first long frost. Uh, generally, at this stage, you don't have to change the maturities of soybeans. Just stay with what you've already selected. Just get the beans in the ground in good condition. One thing different about soybeans and corn is, you know, both corn and soybeans harvest sunlight. In soybeans, you can increase the population, maybe another 25%. If you have the capacity to mill rows up from like 30 to 20s or 15s, anything you can do to get more plants in the ground, with late planting, will give you more canopy to capture that sun. It will give you more nodes in the field per acre, and more nodes means more pods at the end of the season and more yield. So in soybeans, increasing population or narrowing up, narrowing up the row spacing can really pay you back some dividends. We know that from double crop producers in southern Illinois. Uh, they plant their soybeans, uh, double crop soybeans in 15-inch rows at about 180 to 200,000 population to really optimize a yield because of planting on June 15th and October. At what point do you consider switching from planting corn, more acres in corn, to more soybean acres? Because it sounds like soybeans are going to be a little bit able to handle the later planting date. That's a very good question, yes. And I, when you get out to that last week of May, unless you're tried and true corn grower, and you want to grow corn, when you get that, you get to that last week of May, it's time to think about planting soybeans. Because they will perform better, they will yield, yield better. As you get to the last week of May, definitely the first of June, it's time to think about planting soybeans. Uh, they're going to do just fine. When you get out to June 1 or after, there's a huge risk that your corn may never mature before the first one drop. So we get to the end of May, time to think about changing that up and going to soybeans instead of corn. It's not just about the delayed planting, though. Uh, the rain has caused a lot of delays um, for growers with their, their tillage and their um, ch- uh, spraying plans. Uh, we're seeing winter annual weeds getting very large and spring annuals starting to germinate. 
what is um, the best weed control strategy moving into the summer for growers? Well, I've thought about that a lot. Weed management, you know, unless you started last fall and you've got a head start with the fall application of residual and you've got a head start on your controlling your annual weeds, if you haven't been to the field, haven't turned the wheel yet, haven't sprayed an acre, these winter annual weeds, they will have taken off and they're starting to get pretty tall. By the time you get to the field, they're pretty tall. You have two options. Uh, if you're going to go ahead with a burn down, you really have to have a strong burn down to make sure things like mare's tail, if they're getting to be 12, 18 inches tall, you've got to have a really, really good burn down program that you're confident that will kill the plant. Otherwise, it will just come back. When you get to this late in the season now, or May 10th, and if you haven't sprayed anything, tillage becomes a very viable solution because you want to make sure you start the season clean with a weed-free seed bed. And if you haven't been out there to control weeds to this point and they're already very quite tall, 6, 8, 10-inch weeds in your field, and um, tillage is a very good option this year. Uh, but moving forward, on that, with anything, when you, if you get the field, you plant clean, you use tillage, and you get your crop in the ground, just make sure you have a good residual program down, and that will last you maybe up to 30 days. We know that when you come in with your post, that if this wet weather pattern continues, you may not be able to get in the field and spray in a timely manner, maybe 30 days out and after you plant so you really need to have a good strong residual down so if you can't get into the field at the most timely manner in, in a, uh, you it could buy you another week before you have to get in the field and spray if it happens to be wet so a good strong residual program at this point uh when you plant right after you plant that becomes a very imperative strategy to try to keep those weeds under control and that your post application a month from now could be most effective. So how is the rain impacting soil conditions out there? Well, that's uh, all this rain. You know that you can drive across Illinois, you know the fields, a lot of pounded fields, water standing on the top, uh, a lot of water. The top can't take it all away fast enough. Uh, poor drainage. So the short, the, the, the media factor of that is we know that's affecting nitrogen. Mm. If you're going to corn and you put all your nitrogen on last fall or half of it last fall as ammonia and you've had all this rain, some of that nitrogen will have been lost. It will either leach down out the tile lines or it's going to volatilize uh, and be lost to the atmosphere. So in these kind of wet springs, uh, nitrogen losses are, are a big concern. Uh, in, in those cases, uh, you really, you know, since you plan your nitrogen for your corn, uh, to make sure you have enough, and even if you're going to side dress, it's a good strategy. You just go and you can pull a soil sample, and you can do a nitrate test, and you can find how many pounds of, uh, nit of nitrogen are still around in your root zone, in the top two or three feet. You can easily do that, have a lab run the nitrate, They'll tell you how many pounds of nitrogen are there or not, 
and you can adjust your adjust any side dress strategy that you have coming, or even if you weren't planning on side dressing. Now, with this knowledge about what's left, you might have to side dress to make up for those differences. That's the most immediate impact of this all this rain wet, wet saturated soils is on how much nitrogen is still in the soil. But the other other point of that is with the saturated soils, wet, continual rain, slow to dry, it's going to take a long time for these soils to get in condition, both to traffic and the plant. You know, a good a soil that's in good condition is one you can just take a handful of soil. It's moist to touch, but it's still crumbling. And when soils are in that condition, they can sustain the weight of a tractor or a sprayer or a planter, and you're really not creating compaction. So with these kind of conditions, you have to have a little extra patience, maybe wait a day before you go back in the field to run a sprayer across there or a tractor and planter. If the soil's too wet, you know, you're going to create compaction underneath those tires. And not only that, if the soil's too wet and you plant, those double disc openers, they have this kind of a smearing force that will create kind of some sidewall compaction in your furrow. And which will make it hard for the corn or soybean roots to break through and and can, can actually inhibit root development of one plant or a soybean plant. So just use some patience. Wait an extra day or half a day before you go to the field to make sure that you don't cause compaction and you still have a good enough seed bed that you don't get any sidewalk compacting the fruit. Yeah, that's probably the, the most difficult thing farmers are dealing with is that patience part, but how, how important it is. So, Dan, last question here. When should a grower cut their losses and take prevented planting payments? We're not quite there yet, that, but if, if, if it stays wet for the rest of the month, on and off, and you get some of the acres planted and some not, the whole issue of prevent planning and crop insurance starts to come into play. Mm-hmm. Now, this recommend that you follow a couple articles on FarmDoc, the Illinois University of Illinois FarmDoc website. Uh, Dr. Gary Schnitzke and his team, they put up an article on delayed planning this week. Uh, and next week, they're putting one up on, on prevent plant. Uh, and watch those articles, study them, look at your situation, where, that, where it impacts you, and talk to your crop insurance agent to help you make the best insurance of how to take, how to use your crop insurance protection, how to use prevent plant, which is the best economic decision for you to make. Yeah, great. Well, Dan, thank you again for joining us today to share your insights. Now, thank you. Uh, been quite a spring, a lot of wet weather, but I think most Illinois farmers uh, will recognize this is not the first time this has happened here. But after the last few years, we've had some really great springs, getting a crop in early off to a good start. And, and this one has just kind of come back to really haunt us now with all this wet weather right here at this key point in time, April 15th to May 15th, that key planting window that we basically have missed. Again, that was Dan Davidson, soybean expert, sharing his thoughts on the wet weather this spring. If you're interested in this topic or any other soybean management resources, visit www.ilsoyadvisor, that's ilsoyadvisor.com to learn more. This has been an Ilsoy Advisor podcast. Thanks for tuning in.